Any thoughts expressed on this podcast are opinions. There are no accusations. There are no facts. This is for entertainment purposes only. Thank you. Welcome to the podcast where we take a look at today's issues, try to make sense of them, and hopefully try to find some solutions. Welcome to Strange Truth. Today I want to look at polarization. By polarization, I mean that people find themselves today firmly rooted in opposing camps that do not mix with each other and do not understand each other and have no interest in making peace with each other. So this is not a problem that has just sprung up out of nowhere. This thing has deep roots. Um, I can remember when I was a young 10-year-old reading in my Mad Magazine about the lighter side of polarization. And the reason I know this is I went back and I remember that title of that Mad Magazine article. So I just went back today and um, researched it. It was 1974. You can look it up yourself. It's uh, edition 166. And you'll know this Mad Magazine because it has a middle finger painted right on the front cover. It would be a good emblem for our topic of today, actually. It was a big enough deal back then to be the topic of a Mad Magazine article. Also, one of the most popular TV shows of the day, All in the Family, was uh, pretty much based on polarization itself. I kind of trace the phenomenon that we're dealing with now back to the Rush Limbaugh days where Rush made a very successful living telling people that their prejudices were correct, that the people that they hated were idiots and deserved their hatred, and it was it sold very well. Um, Fox News picked up on that, and where we are today... It's a state where people's presupposed assumptions about others, whether it's racially based, politically based, you name it, they can find an echo chamber that they can stick their head into and say the terrible things they want to say and have that parroted back to them by people who seem like authorities. The same thing happens on the so-called liberal side. It's a bit more subtle because that side has a much deeper control of a much wider segment of mainstream media. So their messages can come through in regular TV shows. Their messages can come through in daytime talk, TV, scripted drama, in late night comedy shows. And people who are immersed in that world, well, they they can see themselves as being part of this mainstream, intelligent, sane, normal group of people who believe one thing, and the opposition is sort of a under-siege, underground sub-segment of society who is ostracized and demonized because of their beliefs. Polarization is a major problem in our country because, I mean, it looks to me like people are ready to actually start fighting. That seems to be the next phase in this conflict. 
it's as if the right wing maniacs are gasoline and the quote unquote normal people are oxygen. And then there's going to be a match that's going to be thrown into that mixture and you're going to have yeah, a dumpster fire. You're going to have some kind of a civil war, some kind of a shooting war. That is looking more and more likely because it's skirmishes are breaking out. There's battles, there's fistfights. It's only a matter of time before it really leads to something a little more drastic. The roots of this thing, they go back far, like I said, but really the thing that enabled this to happen was the death of the truth. That came about when it became legal to own many, many informational outlets, many newspapers, magazines, radio stations, and television stations. So now a very small group of corporations owns pretty much almost the entirety of American media. That used to be illegal. They knew in days gone by that having that much influence over what people believe, what information people have access to, not to mention just being able to invent reality. It's a famous quote that history is written by the winners, but the nature of our reality is defined by the newspapers, magazines, and TV that we consume. That is a very, very dangerous power to place in a very small number of hands. So it was illegal for the longest time. In the 90s, it became legal. And you, that's where you see things like the consolidation of all the radio stations under two or three different banners. iHeartRadio, Clear Channel, I think is two of them. Sinclair Media, if you've seen that um, viral video of all the newscasters saying the exact same thing, that's part of that. So what happened is it's kind of like the death of the truth because you can't really count on any bit of information getting out to the entire public, number one. You can't really count on different factions to report it the same way. And people pick and choose what they're willing to believe based on the authority who brings it to them. So if you're over 50 and you see this going on, just know that when the uh, whole Communications Act came up around the 1990s and some people were protesting, if you weren't one of them, just understand this is partly your fault. I, w I didn't protest that. I had no idea. I thought it was a rich person's question, and I didn't really care too much to uh, commit any brain power to f figuring that out. And so I didn't really get out in the street and protest it. But now I know why that was a big deal and why I should have protested. And then there was also, it used to be illegal to propagandize the public. And it's not illegal anymore. So when you combine the factor of a very few number of individuals and corporations owning a large proportion of the networks and the networks being able to propagandize the American population, the government through the networks. Now you start seeing why we're so divided. While we're on this topic, I want you to think about the different tribes that we belong to and how firmly we are fixed in those tribes. People can be extremely loyal to their sports teams or the kind of vehicle they drive or any number of things. Add to that the idea of your political uh, beliefs, your 
social and racial background and prejudices, things like that. And you might find that you belong to several different teams that are at odds with each other. Tolerance, I believe, is a core American value. And what is really changing now is that it's okay not to be tolerant of other people. I don't remember it ever really being like that. Maybe in private people could be intolerant of others, but you didn't you didn't speak that out loud. But be aware of the tribes that you are on and the tribes that you have a beef with. You may not even be aware of it yourself, but try to be more aware of it now. Like when I was a kid, it was if you drove a Ford or a Chevy, you were in a in a camp. It was kind of playful, but at the same time, there was a certain camaraderie if you were a Ford guy because you were kind of in the minority. And then if you were a Dodge, forget about it. But with social media, the internet, with different ways that we can interact with each other online now, that can really be ingrained in you in a subtle way that you may or may not even be aware of. You might think, oh, I could drive a Mustang. But then if you get into that thing, you're like, I'm not, get me out of this thing. I don't want to be in this crappy car. And the same could be true of a sports team. And it can also be true of things like your attitude towards non-binary people, for example, or uh, people with a different uh, sexual orientation than yourself. What adds to that, I think, is now it's okay if you are in the minority to kind of express negative feelings towards people in the majority. So if you are you are someone from a traditionally oppressed population, it's quite socially acceptable for you to make generalizations about the majority population. I don't see that as being progress. I see that as just a more modern form of bigotry. Not only that, but it gives power to the old forms of bigotry because now it's pushing the people who might have been allies or sympathetic or feel bad about themselves. It's pushing them to be hate, more hateful and more more tribal even. And so if progress is going to be made, now you've got to untangle that from the whole mess. Another thing that exacerbates the polarization is that it's really hard right now to even say what side any one individual is on. You can't really even define someone by naming their tribe. I mean, you can if you're from the opposition. So in other words, if you are a MAGA, you can look at anyone who is not wearing a red hat and say, oh, look, it's a libtard. And everything is very clear when you want to attack the other. But when you want to stand up for yourself and be on the side of something, it's not clear at all. It's, it's difficult to even name who you are. Unless you are one of these rigidly defined groups, it's, it's hard to say, yes, I'm a classical liberal with conservative social moral, you know what I mean? Like you end up trying to say a whole paragraph if you try to identify what team you're on, and maybe there isn't even a team that has all that stuff going on. Maybe it would be simpler 
to name yourself based on what movie you think we're living through. Like, oh, I'm a Star Wars 3 kind of guy. Or I'm a little bit Star Wars, but I lean more Matrix. Because that's what it all comes down to. We are all good guys. It's just what reality do you actually think is really there? Are we under siege by communist infiltrators who want to rule America like a Stalinist dictatorship with gulags and firing squads? Or are we headed to becoming a fascist Reich where Donald Trump takes over, names himself dictator for life, passes his uh, mantle on to his children? I think we're all living in our own reality. And in that reality, we're all the good guy. And we just want what's right for everyone. Maybe what we might want to do is agree on what that is. I find it hard to believe that in America, there's a large faction of the population that really wants to become a racist, fascist, nationalist, white supremacist country. I'm sure there's tons of people that feel that way, but the number who would come out in public and say that publicly for all eternity that they're that they're in favor of that i think that's got to be a very small minority and the same thing with hardcore communists or i don't even like saying socialist anymore because it's become practically meaningless now to say socialist but i don't think there's anyone who would want to live in a reality where everyone lives in concrete block apartments with drab greenish lighting and 1950s furniture and is afraid to speak a word against the great leader. Nobody wants to live like that. But I think just about everybody would agree it's a very American thing to say, I'll do my thing, you do your thing, and as long as nobody gets hurt, I'm going to mind my own business. I kind of think that's one of the founding principles of this nation. One of the longest place names in the world is a lake in central Massachusetts called Shargagagag, Manshagagag, Shargagabungamag, or something to that effect. And according to my grandmother, its name translates to you fish on your side, I'll fish on my side, and nobody fishes in the middle. It's kind of like the spirit of live and let live predates the country itself. That's kind of always been my political sort of compass, is if there is a right, you must Do everything you can to preserve that right. If there is a restriction on power, we need to fight to keep those restrictions on power. But when it comes to human beings living their lives, don't, just don't tread on me. Just don't mess with my people. Just, you do your thing, I'll do my thing. And, you know, when we meet each other over the fence, let's shake hands and smile. I think in America, probably 99% of the people would say, yes, I agree with that. And then when you add on things, when you add on what the role of government should be in people's lives, I think most people want the government to take a minor supporting role. Anyway, the roots, the causes, the reasons that we have this extreme polarization in this country, they're not that difficult to, to trace, but you know they have many tentacles. But let's just understand that if you were only allowed to see and interact with the people 
that the MAGA crowd does, you would be doing the exact same thing they're doing. And by the same token, if you're a MAGA and you could only be around liberals or watch the mainstream liberal media, you would be doing the same thing. It's You get influenced by what you're exposed to. Some people can see through propaganda. Some pe- Most people really can't or refuse to. You know that we have polarization in a bad way in this country because it's almost impossible for two people from different factions to have a friendly discussion about any topic pretty much and the online level of out and out hatred vitriol it's uh, it's pretty evident it's pretty gross but what would it look like if we were able to get over this area of extreme polarization I think you would be able to have resolution to problems that bother people. For example, this idea of trans people in the bathrooms. You can't have a discussion about that. It would just devolve into some kind of a shouting match. People's feelings would get hurt. But if we could just get over being polarized and just realize, you know, we're all in this together. And... The trans person next week might be somebody that you're, that you care about. (laughs) And how do you want that person to be treated? There's probably people on both sides of whatever argument, not just that one, but any argument that would like to see it resolved and would like to see it resolved equitably and maybe amicably. But when we are in this polarized state, we look at our you know, our intellectual opponent as being crazy or stupid or the enemy or something that you can't reason with. And whenever I feel myself feeling that way about someone or something or some group, I ask myself, what is it that I don't understand about them? Because the MAGAs are not crazy. They are misinformed. And I hate to break it to you, but you are also misinformed. You're misinformed by a different group of psychopaths. And that's what makes you think that they're crazy and you're sane. The real truth is somewhere in the middle or off to the side. I think people have the idea that there are authorities that you can consult and they will give you honesty and the truth. And that if we just listen to these these experts, that they will guide us Every expert institution has its internal politics. And the people who rise to the top are the ones who played the political game and won. The other experts who were worthy of that institution but did not rise to the top, some of them just didn't play the politics game right. And living in our own realities as we do, We have our own experts who will give diametrically opposed viewpoints to the experts from the other camp. So like most of the big problems in our world today, it's not going to be solved from experts, from benevolent leaders from outside. They like the chaos. It's going to be solved by people like you and me. And what it's going to take is reaching out, being empathetic to each other, trying to see the other person's point of view because everyone has a point of view. Everyone has a point. So curing this polarization 
it would look like people coming together and being empathetic, open, forgiving. It does have to come from both sides. Now, those people who we do consider MAGAs, they've been sort of under siege. If you look at any of the mainstream media and mainstream discourse, it's all been making those people out to look like lunatics and fringe crazies, you know? They're kind of like caged animals at this point. How would you approach a wild creature that you had caught in a trap if you had to free that creature? Very, very carefully. And you'd have to be the bigger person. You'd also have to make yourself vulnerable. You'd have to take off your defenses. If you're all covered up with defenses, that fox is going to think that you are out to do it harm, and it's going to attack. You need to just kind of take off your defenses and try to meet this person where they are, but also give a place for common ground to occur. And you need to be understanding of them. You need to ask them, what is it about you that I don't understand? And be ready to listen. And maybe you can even appeal to their sort of uh, evangelical side. Give them a chance to try to recruit you and see what that sounds like. If it seems like I'm putting a lot of pressure on the people from the left to be the more generous of spirit, the more turn the other cheek, it's because my prejudice is that right-wingers and conservatives and Republicans in general, they, for them, right isn't a direction, it's an adjective. Like, I think they think that they are right. I think it's, I'm, I'm kind of jealous of that too, to be honest with you. Like, maybe it's just me, but it seems to me like people on the left are kind of of the mind that they may or may not be correct in their thinking, that they're open to hearing things. And I think that part of our nature means that we are naturally the ones who would approach the person on the other side and try to make friends. So what you've got to find is that rare person on on the right, conservative, confident, self-assured side who thinks, well, it's of course I'm right. Everything in this world is obvious. Everything's black and white. God doesn't let people succeed who are not the best people in the world. You've got to find the one like that who's also willing to listen and, and to change and to have their mind changed. So good luck with that one. One of the other early childhood cultural memories I had was the science fiction movie where a alien race attacked the earth and all the nations of the world put away their petty grievances and got together, backed each other, and fought side by side against the outside enemy. The potential for that exists in our current situation. And I think part of the reason polarization is such a massive force is because the enemy that faces the magas and the libtards equally that is 
the power of the wealthy and the multinational corporations. And if you think about it, there are representatives of every tribe in the rich and the poor sides of the track. There are representatives of every ideology in Hollywood, California, and Gary, Indiana. You know, there's conservatives and gays and straights and boomers and anybody you care to throw a rock at is in each of those places. They're behind gated communities and they're behind the walls of a slum. And as long as those multinational corporations and billionaires can keep us fighting each other just over our human diversity. They can mask the fact that they are really the ones that are grinding us into the ground to generate bigger and bigger profits. We definitely should be fighting. We definitely should be angry and having skirmishes and vitriol and hatred and cussing each other out, but not because a poor person who sees Trump as a savior should be hating a poor person who wants to marry someone of the same gender. It's because we should be fighting because there are poor people and there are billionaires that are warehousing so much wealth just to have it, just because they can, just because it's how they've always done it. They want to see their name at the top of the Forbes 500. That's who we should be fighting. We should be fighting the corporations that round up our jobs and ship them overseas and destroy the environment in other countries. We should be fighting the people who want to take your children, put them on a transport plane, give them a gun and have them kill poor people in another country for no reason. So polarization, maybe maybe it's a good thing that we're getting used to it and we understand how, what it is and how it works and how powerful it is. But maybe we just need to look at the compass and, and decide on more fitting poles to polarize around. When you see Ellen DeGeneres and George W. Bush laughing it up at a baseball game together, just understand that that's what class solidarity looks like. Those guys are best of buddies because they're billionaires and they love it and they love their lives and they don't care one whit about you and me. They don't care one whit about gay marriage or gun rights or abortion or legalizing marijuana because they can get any of that stuff, anytime they want. If they want an abortion, I don't care how illegal it is. You think Richard Nixon's daughter needed an abortion? She was going to go without one? Do you think Do you think Kanye West wants marijuana and it's illegal in his state? You think he's not getting it? You think Ellen DeGeneres wants a fully automatic Uzi machine gun? 
She can't just make a phone call and have it delivered to her. They get whatever the fuck they want. And they just make us fight over the scraps. That's what you idiots are doing. Get your head out of your asses and quit being so polarized. I don't want to say that the issues that we do tend to fight over amongst ourselves, that they're not important. That's not the case at all. They are very, very important. And, you know, to some people, it's the only thing that's important. It's not to say that you're dumb for wanting to talk about these things and stand up for yourself around these things. It's not the case at all. What I am saying is, as long as we're fighting over that among ourselves and not taking power back, none of it is ever going to get resolved. The people that are in power, they get to stay in power as long as we don't look up and see who's got their boot on our neck. Once we look up and we see that face that's laughing at us and keeping us down and pissing on our face, then we can rise up and do something. But as long as it's people who should be on the same side fighting over their own specific grievances and gripes, nothing's ever going to change. Even if it was, let's say, let's go back to that gay marriage issue. It's only a matter of time until that gay marriage gets overturned again and becomes illegal again and becomes another fight. It's only a matter of time because they know we'll fight over it and they want to preserve that fighting. There's a line in a John Lennon song where he says, you better recognize your brother. And that's what we got to do, man. We got to recognize our brothers. You don't have to like someone to love someone. But we have to become a team if anything is ever going to change and we're ever going to have power in this country again. Think about Ellen and W hanging out, having beers, eating dogs, putting their feet up in that luxury box. There's not, they don't have a fight between them at all. That's what we got to start being like. We have to start having the Antifa and the MAGA people hanging out together and being excellent to each other because eventually if we make friends on a kind of a macro level where we're like look man we are the working class we need to come together we own this country it's been swindled away from us and yeah you are an idiot and yeah you believe some fucked up shit but you and I we're on the same team and as long as we can cooperate and get this train back on the tracks. You know, we can straighten out those things. They're not as big as they seem. When we get along on a macro level and get to know each other, we start making friends. It's, it's documented historically. When was the last time you walked into a bar and there was a sign saying, no Irish? That seems like a fairy tale now, but it used to be all over the place. We can overcome this, but we, we've got to look at each other and say, man, you are... You are dumb as a bag of rocks, but you are my brother and together we can rule this country and you will eventually see the light. It's going to have to start, though, by just accepting these other people who have radically different ideas than you do as human beings who are on the same side as you and trusting that eventually they're going to do the right thing. Or maybe their kids will. And you can't really cancel people. We pretend that we can, but they're still there. Their hatred or their stupidity or their backwardness is still there. And it's still wanting 
you to help them see the light. They're never going to see that light if you wall them off in your mind and wall them off physically and split off from them. It's only by getting to know Irish people that you don't exclude them from your places of business. And it's getting to know MAGAs and getting to know libtards and listening to listening to them as human beings that you that they get to understand where you're coming from. I think eventually we're going to be in agreement about the important things. It t- it takes time. You are probably way ahead of most people intellectually and spiritually and morally. And it takes time for the rest of us to catch up. But if you cancel us, we're never going to learn. We're never going to be able to to rise up to your standards. If you let someone live, it doesn't mean you believe in everything that they say. It just means that you're a generous, loving, giving human being. And I know that we're all we're all the good guys in this, but we're never going to recognize that good guy in each other until we all get on something that resembles a common wavelength. Thank you all for listening. Please uh, be safe and be good to each other.